Welcome to the podcast of Destiny Community Church. And this is week two of our series, Take It Easy. Last week, John Plotner, an executive pastor from New Life Church in Colorado Springs, he laid the foundation for our annual Sabbath sermon series. And he told us that there are three responses to Sabbath. He said, we ignore it, or we become a slave to it, or we understand that it was created for us to enjoy. And of course, that, that last one there is where we want to find ourselves. We want to understand that it was created for us to enjoy. He told us that Sabbath is an extension of our work. And one of the most defining statements for me was when he said, you can hate your job, but still love your work. I've, I've never thought about that. You can hate your job, but you can still love your work. And according to God's word, finding satisfaction in our work is a gift from God. The world that we live in is demanding. The world that we live in is very demanding. Our jobs are demanding. I mean, we have appointments and we have deadlines, and so our jobs are demanding. We, we have our marriages, and our marriages are demanding. I mean, she wants a bigger house, he wants a newer truck, right? And if only, that was the only demanding part of marriage, we, we, we would have it made, right? But marriages are demanding. Our children are demanding. All the parents in the room say amen. amen. Our children are demanding. I mean, from the day that they are born, uh, they're demanding. They demand to be fed. They demand to have their diapers changed. They demand to be burped. You know, children are demanding. Then they start getting older and they're still demanding. We have, uh, you know, uh, dance classes that we have to, to take them to. We have sports schedules and, and those late night runs to get the poster board because they forgot about the project that was due the next morning. Children are demanding, aren't they? Life is demanding. Now imagine with me, if you will, that in the middle of all this hustle and bustle and all the busyness, someone was to look at you and say these words, take it easy. Feels offensive, doesn't it? For someone to look at you and say, friend, take it easy. It doesn't feel right. It, it, it feels like they're, they've overstepped their boundaries, right? For someone to look into my life and to say, take it easy. And, and it's almost as if we need to protect our busyness. It, some of us, we even find our identity in being busy. Some of us, we, we cannot go on and, and realize who we are in Christ because we are so bound by busyness in our lives and we find our identity in that. You know, and, and who should tell me? that I need to take it easy. I mean, I've got a mortgage, I've got two car payments, two and a half kids, and a dog. Uh, there's demands on my life, and, and I need to make some money, right? And that's, that's how we feel sometimes, you know? We, we, we need to, 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 to earn a living, we've gotta get everything done in order for us to feel successful in life. Now, there are a few stay-at-home moms in this room right now that they're, they're longing to hear those words take it easy. They have a completely different mindset than the rest of us. And, and some of you, you moms in the room, you wouldn't know what to do with yourself if someone actually encouraged you to take it easy, to encouraged you to relax, and then actually made it possible for you to do so. You would absolutely lose your mind. You wouldn't know what to do. And in our text today, that is exactly what Jesus invites us to do. He invites us to rest in him. 
And I'm afraid that there's way too many Christians that don't understand this, and they don't, they don't get this passage of Scripture, and they certainly don't apply it to their lives because the world around us is busy, and as Christians, we've adapted to that. We have just become busy. I want to unpack what this looks like and take a closer look at what this means for us. Matthew chapter 11. I'm going to start in Matthew chapter 11, and I'm going to flow right into chapter 12. Now, understand, when the Bible was, was being written, there were no verses. There were no chapters. That was added later so that I could tell you a particular passage to go to, and you could look up that passage of Scripture. So we're going to start Matthew chapter 11 and verse 28. But understand, there was no chapter break there when it was written, and we're just going to keep flowing right into chapter 12, okay? Matthew chapter 11, starting at verse 28. These words are in red in my Bible. That means Jesus is speaking. Listen to what he says. Come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, for you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. At that time, Jesus went through the grain fields on the Sabbath his disciples were hungry, and they began to pluck heads of grain and to eat. But when the Pharisees saw it, they said to him, Look, your disciples are doing what is not lawful to do on the Sabbath. He said to them, Have you not read what David did when he was hungry and those who were with him? How he entered the house of God and ate the bread of the presence, which it was not lawful for him to eat, nor for those who were with him, but only for the priest? Or have you not read in the law how on the Sabbath the priests in the temple profane the Sabbath and are guiltless? I tell you, something greater than the temple is here. And if you had known what this means, I desire mercy and not sacrifice, you would not have condemned the guiltless, for the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. It's a bold claim. The Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. Some people view the Sabbath with a legalistic mindset. And if we're not careful, we will make Sabbath a have-to and not a get-to. And Sabbath was created as a get-to. It's a get-to for us. When God initiated Sabbath at creation, it was a get-to moment for us. And one of the greatest fears that I have as a pastor in valuing and teaching on the subject of Sabbath every year is that I will come across as legalistic. Please, God forbid that. That's not my, my purpose with this. Sabbath should, should be a blessing, not a burden. So I don't want anyone in the room to misconstrue what I'm, what I'm trying to teach you. And I don't want you to walk out of here thinking that if, if you don't get it right all of the time, that, that, that God's going to strike you dead, you know, or that hell is your destination. That's not what I'm preaching today at all. God's original commands were the 613 laws of Moses, which is called the Torah. They were used to guide the ancient nation of Israel. And the Mishnah was a commentary on the Mosaic law that introduced additional man-made laws that, that built a fence around the books of the law so that people would not come close to breaking God's commands. It's kind of like this. If there was a cliff right here, and, and when, I, when I break covenant with God, I'm falling off of that cliff. When I don't follow his commands, I'm falling off of that cliff. What they decided to do was that they were going to build the fence way back here with all of these man-made rules so that they, it would try and keep people from, from getting to the edge of the cliff. Now, that seems great, right? What's, what's wrong with this is that with that came a very judgmental mindset. It's okay to want to protect people, 
but you cannot become judgmental in the process. And, and the Pharisees, they were very concerned with keeping these additional commitments and, and these, these commandments, and especially with having the outward appearance of, a, of appearing to keep them. They were more concerned with that. And the problem with these Pharisees was that they were more concerned with the external appearance of keeping the law rather than the inward spirit of the law. And eventually, they would create 39 major categories of types of labor that were forbidden on the Sabbath. 39 different categories. And then they created 39 derivatives for each of those 39 categories. So this is what it looks like. You have 39 sets of 39 laws. 39 sets of 39 laws. With that, they created 1,521 ways that you could break Sabbath. 1,521 ways to break Sabbath. Man, you know when man puts his hand in the middle of God? When, when, when God issues a command and, and man tries to change some of that? Listen, I was raised in an extremely legalistic environment. My dad was a pastor. The women couldn't cut their hair. The women couldn't wear makeup. And every old barn needs a little makeup, right? The men had to wear long sleeves, especially if you were preaching on a Sunday. I would not have been allowed to preach in my dad's church early on in his ministry, not the way I'm dressed today. We couldn't go to the movies. I went to my first movie to went to the theater when I was in eighth grade, and I had to sneak out to do that. There was these legalistic rules, man-made rules on what holiness should look like. And that's exactly what the Pharisees did when it came to the law of Sabbath. It's one of the Ten Commandments. But they took that one commandment and they decided that there's, there's 1,521 ways that you can break Sabbath. I, I want my friend Trenton, if you'll come up, Trenton, I need you. I need your help. How's your back, man? Is it feeling good? It feels good right now? That's a good Come right here, if you will. Just turn your back to the audience right here. It's, it's your other back. There you go. <laughs> now, here's basically, you can just stay right there, man. How's it feel? It's not too heavy right now, right? That's pretty good. Your school backpack weighs more than that. Now, here's what they did. The Pharisees decided, we're going to add to it. We're going to give some commentary on God's law. I have right here a... a Young's Analytical Concordance to the Bible. When I first started off in ministry, Trenton, we used to use these quite a bit to look up certain subjects and, and certain words in the Bible. I mean, you can see all the fine print here. Today, I don't even open this anymore. It's all online. So w welcome to what world my world used to be like, okay? It's completely different today, but, but we're going to add this to your burden, okay? So you're going you're gonna to have to carry this. Don't fall over yet. It's just one book. And then, because that one wasn't good enough, I, this was my, my, my favorite one, the Strong's Exhaustive Concordance of the Bible. It's more like exhausting concordance of the Bible, okay? Again, I can find all this online today, but I used this early on. You okay? Hmm? Okay, just, come on, man, good posture. There we go. Okay, perfect. And then, 
Then we have the world's Bible handbook, okay? The world's Bible handbook. I've never actually opened this and read it. It's a guided tour of the Bible. If you want to borrow it sometime, I'll just put it in your backpack. Here you go. It's all yours, bud. There you go. And then, then, of course, everyone, if you're studying God's Word, you need the layman's Bible encyclopedia. It's interesting, right? Maybe, okay, all right. You all right? Are you sure? Here, just turn around and face them real quick because we're not quite done yet, but... And of course, nothing says legalism like the 1611 King James Version of the Bible, right? <laughs> wait, wait. If, if it was good enough for Jesus, it was good enough for me, right? Jesus didn't read the King James Version. But some, some of you are just slow or you don't care. It's one or the other, right there. <laughs> 1611 version, the original version of the King James, um, it, you, you can't even hardly read it. All the U's are V's, and uh, it's just, it's, it's hard to read, very hard to read. So I'm going to just add this because every good preacher needs a good King James version of the Bible. Okay, so here you go, right there. You okay? Okay, just, just stay right there. We're just... You all right? Just stay right there, okay? Don't fall over backwards. Okay, you're, you're good. Just stay right there. So they created all of these rules and regulations about Sabbath. The Pharisees would say stuff like this. If you tied a knot on the Sabbath, you're breaking Sabbath. So you couldn't even tie your shoe. Couldn't tie your sandal. Because tying a knot was working. They would say that if, if you spit on the ground... You're breaking Sabbath because if you spit on the ground, it would make mud and mud resembles mortar and mortar reminds you of work. So you're creating work if you spit on the ground. True. I'm not making this up. It was forbidden to spit on the ground on Sabbath. A woman could not look in the mirror on Sabbath because if she saw a gray hair, she would be tempted to pull it out. And that's considered harvesting. <laughs> I'm not making this up. This is true. A woman could not look in the mirror on Sabbath. You couldn't start a fire. You couldn't extinguish a fire. You okay? Okay. And uh, you could not write. You could not erase. You see, the Pharisees turned a righteous day into a ritualistic day. They messed up what God had planned for us. The emphasis changed from drawing closer to God to pointing out how far separated imperfect people were from him. Listen, we don't need... We don't need to be reminded of, no, 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 you're not going yet. I'm just helping you. I'm just helping you. We don't need to be reminded of how imperfect we are. We don't need to be reminded. We know how imperfect we are. But they, they were setting up all of these rules and reminding us constantly, you're not good enough. The heavy burden of what they created at a Sabbath, didn't, it didn't prove anything other than we don't measure up to God. I know I don't measure up to God. And so keeping the Sabbath was exhausting. It was a heavy burden, right? Very heavy burden, right? But Jesus was about to change that. Because Jesus said five words that will change your life when he said, I will give you rest. Will you say that with me? I will give you 
rest. And then, Trenton, he follows it with this contradiction. It just seems crazy that he would say, I will give you rest, now take my yoke upon you. What? You're going to give me rest, so why are you putting another burden on me? Because what would a person who is weary and burdened, why would they want to take on a yoke? You see, we're going to put this picture on the screen now. A yoke is that wooden bar that would go across the necks of, of two oxen or cattle, and they would connect that to uh, um, either some type of wagon or, or maybe a plow, and, and, and they would work together plowing that field or pulling that load. That's a yoke. The yoke itself, it was burdensome. It weighed. But see, the legalistic approach also to the law, it was burdensome. It weighed. The law was about outward expressions of faith. What can I do to make myself right with God? But the yoke of Christ was about the inward person. What do I have to do inside of me to learn to trust him more? And Jesus could instruct us to take on his yoke because oxen work in teams and Jesus shares the other side of the yoke. Matter of fact, it's his yoke. He, he claimed it. He said, it's my yoke, my yoke. Take my yoke, my yoke upon you. My yoke is easy and the burden is light. You struggling, bud? Let me help you out because here's what Jesus invited us to do. Okay, now's your chance. You ready? Release it. Would you rather have that one or would you rather wear this one? This one? I thought so. Here, let's, let's try this one. How's that feel? Amazing. Turn around. Let them see. Let them see. You look good in it too, man. Thank you. Would you give Trenton a hand? Kaylin Marie was sitting at a table at the cafe area of a, of a Target. She was sitting there doing some work, and she noticed that a father and son walked into that cafe area. The father proceeded to buy the son a blue and red icy. And no sooner than they sat down at a, at a nearby table, the boy, who was only about six or seven years old, spilled the icy. It went all over the table the chair on the floor. It made a huge mess. There was blue and red goop just all over the place. The young boy immediately looked at his father and apologized. And this lady thought to, for a moment, she thought, well, he's, the father's probably going to explode like most parents that I see in public these days. And, and so she was expecting that response from him. But the young boy apologized. And instead of getting upset, the dad said these words, and she actually got her, her iPad out, and she typed these words out so that she would not forget what he said. Here's what the father said to the boy. He said, hey, it happens. Let's go get napkins, and I can show you how to clean it up. The two of them went to get napkins, and the father came back and helped his son and instructed him on how to get it all up in one spot, how to soak it up. He coached the son through the entire process of cleaning up the mess. But the lesson didn't stop there. Many, many minutes later, when they were getting up to leave, the father was still teaching his son. And he said these words to his son. He says, I know big messes seem overwhelming, and you might feel like you can't do it by yourself. But it's always okay to ask for help. 
There is no problem with asking for help when you need it. You see, this is what Jesus was saying. He said, trust in me and I'll give you the ability to take it easy. And we miss this, church, we miss this. Understand that a day like today, Sabbath, and I don't care whether it's, it's Saturday or Sunday. Listen, if you're concerned with what day you, you celebrate Sabbath on, if you're concerned about that, then you're a Pharisee and you've got a legalistic mindset and, and you probably need to go find the heart of God in the, in the whole matter. But no matter what day, it is we have the opportunity to gather together in the name of Jesus, singing praise to the only one that can carry the burden. And we are able to walk in here each week as God designed it and lay our burdens down at the foot of the cross and say, God, this week it, it about got me, but praise to you, Lord Jesus. I am able to lay my burdens down at your feet because you can carry this and I can't. The problem is too many of us, we don't do that. We, we find our identity and carrying the burden around. It, it, it describes who we are. We, we don't want to shed that. And we're going through life carrying something that we were never meant to carry. The hands of Christ are the only one. The shoulders of Christ are the only thing that can possibly carry the load that you are struggling with in your life. And he says, trust in me and I'll give you the ability to take it easy. First Peter 5 and 7 says, cast all your anxiety on him because he cares for you. That's what today is about. Put all of your cares, all of your anxiety on him. No one in this room should walk out of here with the same cares and concerns that you walked into this room with. That's what Sabbath is about. It's not about a day. It's about a mindset. It's about a heart set. It's about me understanding that, that he is in control of my life and I'm not. The Pharisees' response to this young boy in Target probably would have been shame and ridicule. But, but Jesus' response would have been, let me help you clean this up. Because you can't do it by yourself. And this is what Christ does for our lives. He takes what is burdensome and heavy and he makes it into something that is useful and enjoyable. Anybody in the room like Pinterest? Anyone? Anyone? At more than first service. I personally don't particularly care for it, but I did this week. It's, it's not that anything is wrong with it. I just don't particularly like doing that kind of stuff usually because it's going to create a project and so I don't want to do it but this week I went on and I found a project of someone that took something that was heavy and burdensome and they made something useful and enjoyable out of it and here it is check it out they took that yoke and they made a, a, a light fixture out of it some of you husbands right now this is your next project she's made it up in her mind this is your next project I love what Jesus does after he declares that he is Lord of the Sabbath. What a bold statement. He says, the Son of Man is Lord of the Sabbath. He said, I am the Lord of the Sabbath. And right after that, listen to what he does. Matthew 12, verse 9. He says, he went on from there and entered their synagogue. And a man was there with a withered hand. They asked him, is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath so that they might accuse him he said to them which one of you who has a sheep if it falls into a pit on the sabbath will not take hold of it and lift it out of how much more value is a man than a sheep so it is lawful to do good on the sabbath 
And he said to the man, stretch out your hand. And the man stretched it out, and it was restored, healthy like the other. But the Pharisees went out and conspired against him how to destroy him. You know what's so ironic to me in this? I mean, let, let's, let's get this straight in our minds. In their minds, it was not okay to heal someone on the Sabbath. That's breaking the Sabbath, but it was okay to plot murder. It was not okay for Jesus to make someone's life whole and better, improve their quality of living. But it's perfectly fine for those same men to walk outside and plot on how they can kill Jesus. Somewhere in the middle of all of that, the priorities are messed up. When, when, when this becomes Sabbath keeping, when this is what you have to do in order to be right with God, some man has messed it up along the way. Because Jesus says, my burden is easy, it's light. You know, there's a passage of scripture that has messed with me for years. I've even preached on it before and probably not completely understood it. But it's that moment of intense discipleship when Jesus looks at his disciples and he says, Pick up your cross, take up your cross, and follow me. That doesn't sound like someone is taking it easy, does it? It, it sounds very burdensome. Take up your cross and follow me. You know, here's what I think I've come to realize in this whole thing, and I may have it wrong, and I'll change it next year. But, but right now, this is what I think God is saying to us. The cross that you have to pick up and carry will never equal up to the burden and the cross that Christ had to carry. Matter of fact, part of carrying my cross is realizing that I don't have to carry those burdens. I allow him to do that, and I get to take on his yoke, which is light and easy. That's part of me carrying my cross. My cross will never measure up to his cross. Thank God. Because I can't carry that. I can't do that. But what I can do and what he wants me to do and what he's wanted us to do from the very beginning is to learn to trust him. Cast your cares on me because I care for you. So what is it? What is it that you walked into this room today with that is so burdensome for you? What is the yoke of slavery that is, that is wrapped around your neck? What is weighing you down that, that you are not meant to carry because today is Sabbath? Today is the day that we gather together, we worship the one who can carry the load, and we lay it down at his feet to where we walk out of this room relaxed in the Spirit of God. That's what it is. The Sabbath is about the spirit of taking it easy in Christ. Learning that he can handle my problems, but I can't. That's where we need to get. That's the mindset that we have to, to redevelop. And we do this. We do this every summer here. But we've got to be retrained because the pressures of life continue to press in. They continue to weigh us down. And so we get to a moment like this and thank God that he will keep
keeps reminding us over and over and over again, you're not meant to carry that, but the hands that created the world can. You're not meant to carry that, but the shoulders of the one who hung on a cross, he can. You're not meant to. Thank you for listening to the podcast of DCC. For service times and directions, log on to www.destinycommunitychurch.org. Thanks again for listening.